Amen. You may be seated. It is good to see each and every one of you here. And isn't it awesome that we're able to come and worship? Worship that name. Not just that name, but worship Him, our Savior, our Lord. He's undefeated. One of the lines in those songs, He's undefeated. And I was sitting back there thinking about it. We serve an undefeated God. And no matter what's going on down here on this earth, no matter what is happening or, or what seems to be happening, God is sovereign. God is in control. He is over all, and we can trust Him because His will and way will happen. We just have to simply trust. We simply have to do what God is commanding us to do, telling us to do in His Word, walk in a manner worthy of His name each and every day. And as we do that, it's, it's just a, it's amazing to think that we get to worship Him. We get to live before Him every day of our lives. If you've got your Bible, I want to invite you to go with me. We're going to bounce to, we're going to bounce to Acts six for just a moment, and then we're going to jump over into into First Timothy. Uh, this morning, I, I thought about what are we going to talk about. Title it wise: uh, the importance of getting it right. The importance of getting all of this right. Why? Because think about we serve the God of this universe. And we represent Christ to the world around us. And it is important to get it done right. It is important to do what we do, not just not just in our individual lives every single day as we, as we live, as we walk by faith, as we trust Him, all through. But it's also important that we get it right on the corporate scale. It, on the church level. You know, it's interesting, uh, we talk about this when we've got the convention starting here, actually tonight, there in Nashville, and thousands, I think 16, 17,000 or so registered for the convention. It's a really big one, and lots of, lots of stuff is going on, and it is important to get it right on the big level, but when you get it, the church, we are the church. And, and I'm not talking about this building, I'm not I'm not talking about podiums and, and carpet and lighting. This is, we could do this in a metal building. We could do this in the gym. We could do this in the parking lot without a building. You don't have to have all of this. You don't have to have those lights just beaming down. You don't have to have all of this. You, you really don't. All over the world right now, they're meeting and some are secretly meeting, some are some are meeting in cafes, some are meeting um, all over the place, outside under trees. So when we talk about the importance of getting it right, we're not talking about buildings. We're talking about representing Christ in such a way that honors His name. We as the church, we as the body of Christ, we are ambassadors of Christ, we are heralds of the gospel, we bear the name Jesus. And the last thing we want to do is mess His name up. The last thing we want to do is, is live or carry ourselves or be doing things that do not honor His great name. Acts chapter 6, we know there's a complaint. A complaint had happened between the Hellenistic Jews and the native Hebrew Jews, and that's the context. We talked about that a 
couple of weeks ago, that is the backdrop for the entire concept that's, being, that's about to take place here. There's a need. There's, there's, there's a situation has happened and a need has, has come up. And the apostles, you know, I've I preached this many times and, and I, I just think back as I'm standing here, all the different directions I've gone from this point, from standing right here. I mean, we could talk about the decision that the, the apostles are about to make. You realize the, the decision that they're about to make is, is, it could have taken the church in a totally different direction. The importance of all the decisions. How, how uh, they, could have, they could have just said, look, that's none of our business. We've got to continue to preach. We've got to continue to study. We've got to continue to stay focused in the Word of God, which is all important. And y'all just kind of work out those unimportant things. We're going to stay here and we're going to focus on the Word of God. They could have ignored it altogether. Who knows what the outcome would have been. But we see what they did. We see what Scripture tells us. And I, I just want to read it here. I, I just want to read through it. I'm not going to comment on it. We're going to come back to it, I promise you. Because I want to... It's so important. You say, Brother Shannon, you're, you're telling me you're going to spend... Yeah, I probably won't next year. And I probably won't the next year to spend this much time. But I want you to see my heart... Guys, I want you to see my heart on, on, on deacons. I want you to see my heart on leadership in the church and servanthood in a church. Because it is important to get it right and it's not to be taken lightly. It's not, a, it's not flipping and casual. It's, it's very important. The context here is what it is. That's the backdrop. In verse 42 of chapter 5, And every day in the temple and from house to house they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Now in this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve... Summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles. And after praying, they laid their hands on them. And notice verse 7. The word of God kept on spreading. It just kept on going. You get to, it was, it was, here you are, the church is moving, they got, they got attacks from without, the high priests are constantly on them, and now the situation has come up, and they handled it. They dealt with it. 
And because they dealt with it appropriately, look at what God does. The Word of God kept on spreading and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us as a church. God, this, this room, I, I beg to say there's probably not many in this room don't understand. Have They know deacons, they understand this, they Lord, they don't have to have me breaking it down line by line, word by word, spending 30 minutes on just a verse. They don't need all of that. They know, they know the concept. Hey, it's deacon election. We're just going to pick some names. We're going we're gonna to pray for them. We're going to do it. But God, I pray today that they will see the importance. God, that they would see the bigness. That God, they would see, and, and I know they already see, but God, I pray that you would remind them once again that God, we're not dealing with just anything here. God, we are dealing with your church. We are dealing with the body of Christ. We are dealing with the, with the entity that you saw fit to use as your name bearer. God, we are the church. We're the church of the living God. We, we, uh, if, if anybody out there ought to do it right, it should be us, God. If anybody ought to, ought to seriously consider the way we handle and carry and elect and call and judge and, and Lord, look around for these men, God. This is not a game. God, we want to do it right. Lord, we want to be found faithful. We want to be a church that honors your great name. We want, to, we want to represent you well. We want to represent you well, Lord. Please help us. Holy Spirit of God, please help us to be found faithful. Please help us to be found doing everything that we possibly can in such a way that honors you. What a beautiful name it is, yes. But we want to honor you, God. Please help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me over to 1 Timothy. Inside the church, there's two positions. We have Lord's Supper. We have baptism. But there's pastor and then there's deacons. And the election of pastor and deacon is not to be held lightly. If you're looking at 1 Timothy chapter 3, you get the qualifications for those men. You get sort of, sort of the heart. This, this is what they look like. This is who they are. This is, this is what you're wanting. Look at verse 8. It says, deacons, likewise. Anytime you see likewise, you need to go back and like what? Like, like what? What are you talking about here? It says, deacon, likewise. Like, like what? Well, go over to verse 1. See, because I think it's important. Pastors, we hold pastors to this level here. We hold pastors. Oh, you're supposed to be X. Well, the Bible says deacons likewise are to be held to X. Deacons likewise. Likewise to what? It is a trustworthy statement, verse 1. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach. So, so when you read... This is what you're looking for. When you're sitting, this is, this is the example. This is it. And I'm not going to break these down one at a time yet. An overseer then must be 
above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. That's a differentiating point. Because when you read over past verse 8 and you see the likewise, the, the deacons, it doesn't say to be able to teach. There's, there's a differentiating there. Because they have their roles. They have their purpose. Able to teach, verse 3, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a new convert, so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil, and he must have a good reputation with those outside the church so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. That's what we're looking for. You say, yeah, but that's talking about an overseer. That's talking about the pastor. That's talking about the leader. Deacons, likewise, must be men of indignity, men of dignity. Not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. These men must also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children and their own households, for those, listen, for those who have served well as deacons, obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. There is no higher calling on the earth than to be called pastor, shepherd, teacher, and deacon. Pastor literally means shepherd. Deacon literally means servant. One is the shepherd and one is the servant. It's biblical. That is the breakdown. Go back over to, go back over to Acts. Don't turn, just listen, but back over in Acts. The way they dealt with it, it's clear. The deacons, and, and again, and I want to say this, I want to say they don't call them deacons in Acts 6. There's arguments. People will say, yeah, but they didn't call them deacons in Acts 6. And, and it, they, that means they probably wasn't. But, but you get the concept. You get the idea. You get, the, if anything, the seed. You get the infant stage of the idea of these are the men that are going to be serving and doing all the things that need to be done to take care, to keep the complaints from arising. To minister and meet and to take care of and just make this whole thing go. Why? What's the importance of it? Verse 14. Verse 14. Paul's writing here to young Timothy and he says this. He says, I, I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I'm delayed, all of this, in case, in case I'm delayed, the whole letter, in case I'm delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. Guys, this ain't a game. 
This is not, this is not, we're different. We're different than, than government. We're different than education. We're different than, than sports. We're different than any other thing out there in the world. We are different than. We're not ran like businesses. We're not ran like education systems. We're not ran like student government bodies or, or we're not CEOs. We're not corporations. We're not ran like any of that. Because we're different. Paul says, look, I'm, I'm, I want to get there soon, but if I don't get there in time, I want you to know how you ought to act inside the church. Because the church is different. The church is a totally different entity than anything else out there. I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long, but in case I'm delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of truth. Nowhere else on the planet is there a pillar and support of truth outside of the church. The body, the, orga the, the organized unit together of blood-bought believers, you and I. What puts us here and constitute us and makes us a church right here is our, first of all, we believe Jesus is Lord. If you are a Christian, if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and you've trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, then you are brought into the body of Christ. You are a member of God's family. You are a member of the church. You are in His family. You have been made one of His own. And then we're then just our location. We're just the local body right here. We're the, we're the local body of believers that God has assembled together. And because you live here in the area, and God has called you to come together and to, to unite, to, to worship, to sing praise, to, to be mission together and worship together and pray together and cry together to meet needs together. Everything they did together, we do together. That's why I work so hard, and that's why I'm going to continue and always work so hard to keep us together, working together, playing together, fellowshipping together. While we're the church, we are the body that God's got right here, and He calls it Chapel Hill Baptist Church. It's not this building. It's not these things. It's not this carpet and lighting. It's not that gym. It's not that parking lot. It's you. We are the body of Christ. And guys, inside the body of Christ, God has given, he's given pastors and He's given deacons. We're the pillar of truth. In society, there's no one else holding up the name of Jesus. There's no one else. God could have, you know what? God could have tagged governments. He could, have, he could have said, governments, you are, you will be who I use to take the message to the world. I will use government. But he didn't. 
He could have used education. He could have used all these schools. He could have used early education and middle and higher learning. He could have used all of these places. And he could have said, look, you're going to be the place that I use to take the message. You are going to be the support and the pillar, the undergirding of the gospel message that is going forth. You are going to be my platform. But he did not. He uses us. We're it. Not a school. Not a government. Not a, not a sports team. Not a nothing like that. We are completely separate than anything else on the face of this earth. We're the body of Christ. And inside the body of Christ, it is important that when we elect these people, it looks different. It just looks different. How, it's not a game. It's the highest calling. Deacon. Pastor. I mean, it's not a game. It's serious. So serious. That those men, and here we, you have, and you say, Brother Shannon, we got deacons here and we know this, we've heard this. Great, praise God. I'm just telling you again. It ain't a game. It ain't a beauty pageant. It ain't a popularity contest. It ain't a, well, hey, it's his turn. He's, he, he's been coming here long enough, or it's not one of those things to where you say, hey, uh, well, we're going to elect him, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick him because, you know what, he's been coming long enough, and maybe he, he ain't doing nothing else, but if we make him a deacon, he'll get involved. He'll start. It's not SGA president and student king and queen. No, it is the men that this local body looks around and says they represent Christ. They are, rep they are representing Christ. They are representing Christ. Nobody else. The, the school is not the pillar of truth. The local city councils, the local mayors, the local, the state governors, the president of the United States, they're not the pillar of truth. We are. We are the body. Not this building, the body. We as individuals, and we as individuals have to make decisions. And I'm going to jump ahead. Go back, over to, go back over to Acts. You say, Brother Shannon, what are we looking for then? What are we looking for? Every year, churches all over the country, all over Southern Baptist Convention, they, they have their own, we're autonomous. Southern Baptist churches, they're autonomous. What does that mean? Nobody tells us what to do. Nobody dictates what to say. Nobody, I, I'm not preaching a sermon that... that Hundreds of others are preaching all across the country right now. No. Our time frames are different. We can elect deacons when we want to. We have VBS when we want to. 
We go to Six Flags when we want to. We just do what we want to. That's the beauty of it. We don't have nobody telling us when or where or how to do it. That's what autonomous, there's nobody. We kind of do our own thing. But you got to get it right. The importance of getting it right is so very important. I want to, I wanna, before I read this, you here, and we don't know how many, I think four, three, four or so, six, six, three, four, some number. You're going to get here in the next several weeks. Preacher, are we voting at the end of the day? No, you're not voting for a while. But you need to be praying now. You need to be praying right now. And here's what you're praying for. You're praying for, you're praying for men that meet that list, but here's more importantly. Go back to chapter 6. Of Acts. Acts 6. Verse 2. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation. And different versions out there, different translations have a different word for that. Good reputation good track record, currently doing it, have good relationships with all the people, they're running it now, they're, they're doing it now. Select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom whom we may put in charge of the task. Church, you know who you pray for? Say, Father God, I'm about to here in just a few weeks have, a, um, have an opportunity to vote for Deacons, and here's where you start. You start with a clean slate. You start with an absolute clean slate. You don't already have somebody on there. Oh, well, you wait till I get a vote again. I'm going to put him on there. He'll fix things. You wait till I get an opportunity to vote again. I'm going to put that one in there because he'll sure straighten some stuff out. How does that honor God? How does that please the Father. You start with a clean slate. You say, Lord God, I want my heart right. I want my heart right. Lord, I want, I want, I want first of all, I want my heart to be right. Lord, I want to, to God, I don't, I don't want to be any, have any bias. Lord, I don't want to have any, anything about me. Lord, I just want to simply, because God, this is huge. We are the church. We are the body. We represent you out there in this world, God. Lord, show me the men. And you simply listen. You simply listen. And here's who you're asking for. You're asking for people. You're asking for men that meet these qualifications. Good reputation. Full of the Spirit and of wisdom. Full of the Spirit. Let me ask you a crazy loaded question. How do you know? How do you know? In a room like this, well, 
Casey just had people on stage, and he had his orchestra, and he had his, his band people, and he had his singers, and the rest of you just kind of kind of sit around. Stand when he says stand, and you sit when he says sit, and you just kind of do the thing. How, how do we know? Guys, they're doing it already. Those that have a good reputation and full of the Spirit and wisdom, they're not going to start it when you make them a deacon. They're doing it now. They're already doing it. So you know what you do? What did that congregation do? They looked around. And they brought them seven men. Stephen, if you keep on reading over there in Acts 6, I mean, he's giving them, he's giving them down the road. They can't slow Stephen down. And, and, and you know, I can imagine the congregation looked up whenever they said, hey, go find us some men. They looked up and they're like, oh, there's Stephen. That, that sucker's going to be one because he is bold. He is strong. He ain't scared. He's standing up for Jesus. He is on fire for Christ. He was on the top of the ballot of every person in the room. Philip. Philip was serving. He, he went down to Ethiopian eunuch. We, we see what Stephen and Philip, they were doing it. Lord God, who in the world's running well right now, Lord? The importance of getting it right. Far too many churches vote in because well, that's so-and-so's son, and it's his turn. Or that's so-and-so's grandson, and it's his turn. Or that, uh, that's that one. He'll get in there, and he'll fix some things. Well, what's he doing now? Oh, he ain't doing now. You just give him a shot, though. You, 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 you put him in that room, and he'll, 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 you just wait. That's foolish. That's foolish. Look around the room, church. Look around the building. Look around. You know what they did? The disciples had an issue. This is how the deacon body concept. The disciples, a complaint rose up. And they dealt with it. They said, look around. Look around for the men that meet these qualifications. They're probably not just sitting there. They're probably serving. They're probably not just waiting on their turn. No, they're doing it already. They're right now running. They're right now shining. They right now see that, you know what, this church, this is the body of Christ. We represent, we are the pillar of truth in the world and in society. And we are different than anybody else. Nobody else out there carries the name of Jesus but, but my church and my God. And I'm going to represent him well. That's who you want as a deacon. That's a man of God who ain't scared. He's leading his home, he's leading his family, he's leading his kids. He's leading, he's serving. A deacon's a servant. No invitation. A deacon's a servant. By definition, 
It's not a deacon board. There's no biblical definition of a deacon board. It's their servants. They're it's, it's black and white. The disciples said, look, we, we, we're busy in the Word. We're busy doing the things that God needs us to do. Not that we're too good, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be spiritually beneficial for us to go take care of the, the things that need to be taken care of. We can't be here and there at the same time. We're going to stay focused here. Y'all go get some guys to, to handle all the rest of that. And they looked around and they found godly men. You're going to have an opportunity. Then you're going to sit down and you're going to, you're going to pull out your piece of paper and you're going to pray, Lord God. And let me say this. You may have six, you may have six blanks. God may show you two men. Yeah, but I got to fill in four more. You write down the names God shows you. You don't, you, don't, you don't just put a number down. You just don't put names down to fill in blanks. No, you put the names that the Holy Spirit of God lays on your heart. These are men that are running. These are men that are serving. These are men that are walking in a manner worthy of the name of Jesus at this moment. Right now. All the, all, the, all the church did is they just kind of looked around. The Old Testament church, early church, what they did is they just kind of looked around and they're like, there's one, and there's one, and there's one, and there's one. They didn't get the name and then start. They didn't get elected and then begin. They didn't... They didn't um, Get in the room and then start. It's important to get it right. Preacher, tell us who. Never. That's not my role. My role is for you to, you to pray. Look around, pray. Father God in heaven, who? Who's doing it? I'm not saying who will do it, who might do it, who would be a good one at it. Or it's his turn, or, or, or you know what, that would be a great one there. No, that's not biblical. They were doing it. And they were full of the Spirit. And it was evident. You could just see it on them. It's not a game. It's not a laughy, ha-ha sermon. It's not a... Preacher, I needed that one or they needed that one. No, church. Church. Nobody else is the pillar of truth in society except us. Nobody else is the bearer of the name. That beautiful name. Nobody represents Christ. Governments don't. Education systems don't. Nothing does. That's us. Important. It's not to be, it's not to be handled lightly. Father God, 
I thank you for this room. I thank you for this body. God, I pray that every person here knows you as Lord and Savior. That is, they've trusted you. As, God, they're not rebelling. They're not running. They're not figuring it out. God, they've just simply, humbly surrendered to you as Lord and trusted you. And God, I pray that as this church moves forward, Day in and day out, God, as we do the things, God, that you call us to do to, to represent your great name, God, as we live for you in this world, God, we want to do the things that please you. And we don't want to just make up the rules as we go. And we don't want to do what we think is right. And we don't want to, well, this is the way we've done it. God, no, we want to do what your word clearly says do. God, we want to honor your word. We want to honor you. God, I thank you for the men at Chapel Hill Baptist Church that run well, that serve well. I thank you, God, for their heart. I thank you for their passion for you, for their love for you. God, as this body soon has to here, and I don't even know when. Weeks from now, for all I know. God, they're going to have to find somebody, and they're going to have to pick. And they're going to elect this body, just like in the Word. They're going to elect men to, to serve. God, show us those men. Let us see them. God, and we will give you praise and honor and glory for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen.